0: Welcome to my New bitch. Welcome. It is Wednesday, uh, week 12 of our stay at home. And on Wednesdays, we've been talking about nutrition and kind of food facts, Um, really just trying to understand what real nutrition is outside of the skinnier fat conversation and trying to understand the the truth about how to eat well and um, how to eat for overall health and wellness. So joining me for our conversation today, we have two members of our Mind Movement Nutrition team. We have our biohacker, Mr. Adam Pellegrini, and our nutrition and health coach, Mr. Morton Jensen. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Thank you. So today, what I wanted to talk about, this came up a little bit last week, and because there's been so much conversation about the meatpacking industry with everything that's been going on with the coronavirus... (laughs) it's something that's come up a few times for me as i'm now shopping in the grocery store trying to figure out what to buy and i'm watching there's something about watching these images of these people in the meat packing plants so you're watching these people there's thousands of folks on this meat packing line next to each other in these tiny little spaces and i'm thinking about like this is what is going on to get me this package of meat that i am seeing you know in my grocery store in in the in the meat aisles and so i'm thinking okay what's going on here there's something about this that feels like it can't be good for me and it sort of made me think all right i got to i got to know more about this what is actually in the meat that I am buying and how do I know what, what meat to buy, right? So wherever you guys think is the right place to start, this is not any kind of uh, conversation that I have any level of expertise in at all. And you know, again, like my only experience with food historically and nutrition has been, is this going to make me fat or is this going to make me skinny? and so outside of that dynamic calories in calories out you know trying to broaden the scope to what is actually healthy how do i know what what meat to purchase
1: yeah it's a it's a tricky uh scenario here because i mean uh, in terms of like the factory farming industry it's it's just very deceitful and um to start i would say even though it's this is a challenge for for most people but get to know the farmers, get to know where you're actually getting your products from and how these animals are being treated and raised. Uh, local farms are very effective with that, that they're way more humane than, you know, obviously the factory, farmer, uh, the factory farming industry. And, you know, I say this because it's the labeling that we're reading on, you know, the, the packaging of the meat. And this is where it gets, you know, sneaky. So. You, get, um, you go up and you get something that says grass-fed. Um, so farmers, in this case, because there's no real regulation or, or surveying when, when this is done at the end of the packaging process, a farmer can feed their cows because they have to eat grass. They have to, because that's, that's their spe- uh, specific species, you know, mm. food, nutrition. So a farmer can feed their cattle up to like eight, nine months of their, at the end of their life with grass, Um, And then for a couple of weeks, feed them grain to fatten them up. And then their last week of life, they feed them more grass and then they throw a label on it and says, oh, this is grass fed. Mm. Um, So, you know, you're incorporating the grain part, which is very inflammatory for the cows. You're talking about spiking their omega-6s, lowering their omega-3s. So now it becomes kind of like a rancid sort of meat very unhealthy. So if the cattle are getting inflamed and the chickens as well, well, what do you think is going to happen to your body, right? Uh, the other thing too, that you see certified organic. Well, that could be anything, right? So, but usually certified organic means that it's organic grain. Okay. So, you know, you take chickens, for example, I mean, they eat bugs, grass, and I mean you'll even see them eat mice every once in a while, but like, if they're just constantly being fed grain, which they are more, more times than not, you're yeah, you're you're getting this mm. disproportion of omega-3s to omega-6s in the in the meat itself. It's becoming ranted, and then that's what's happening to you when you consume that. So you're gonna get inflammatory responses and all, and all that stuff. So uh, the labeling is really shocking for me, and you know, it's 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 almost as if I would say you know avoid buying meat at a supermarket because more times than not you're going to be misled. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so that's, where, that's where I'm at. With that.
0: So wait, so you're saying that basically there's really no way to know by looking at a package at a grocery store the truth about the meat that you're buying <laughs> in, outside okay. of really investigating offline that you know company or that farm specifically
1: exactly yeah i mean because like i said there's no regulation on what they're putting on the package i mean this goes as far as like beauty products too they can put whatever they want on there if you think that you're putting this healthy um substance on your skin meanwhile it's packed with all these other compounds and and, you know nonsense so yeah i mean that's the tricky part it's uh, it's knowing it's really knowing your farm where and your farmer and where where that's coming from and i mean you know you see these packages and you can always i mean they, they label where it came from the farm that it came from and you know i mean you can investigate through just doing research online about what that farm looks like where it is in in uh terms of destination from where you're buying it because mm-hmm. i mean you know it, it, that's the thing with factory farming not only is the meat like bad but we're you know, polluting and spending all this money on fuel to transport this stuff like thousands and thousands of miles
2: unnecessary, but
0: hmm. interesting. So essentially, this is a giant corporate structure, like most other things in our in our country, and there they can be very intentionally misleading. And you know, the other thing, like in yoga, in Ayurveda, which I'm in the middle of a teacher training, they talk a lot about you know, the treatment of animals, because if an animal is distressed, or if it's being mistreated, or, you know, whatever, if it's being treated poorly, then, then in essence, you're also eating that poor treatment of the animals. So it's even more acidic, it's even more like you were saying, rancid, and really not giving you any healthy nutrients at all.
1: Right. And you know, the other challenge too is the pricing. I mean, if you're going to buy or, you know, that grass fed grass finished on a proper properly raised animal, you're going to pay more money for that. And that's the challenge as well. And people, you know, we're in the fast food, you know, phase of of this, you know, (laughs) of our cycle. So we want fast food, we want it cheap and you know, our population is so huge in comparison to say 50 years ago that, that's also a challenge as well. I mean, not everybody is going to have that access to getting you know, quality goods.
3: Mm-hmm. You awesome. know, there's some,
1: yeah, there's so much land we have, there's so much we can actually provide to where the farmers then get stressed to, to where they can't actually produce a quality product anymore because of the demand. So, you know, I know there's, there are companies out there that are very um, aware and mindful of, of how many customers they're actually letting into their um, ability to purchase.
0: Interesting. Wow. Yeah. So this is a much bigger discussion than, than right. than we're ever really giving much attention to. Yeah. Martin, did you want to add to that?
2: That was uh, so much stuff there. Um, (laughs) I mean, I, I, I totally agree. Um, It's, I think what it all comes down to is awareness, which, you know, whatever we talk about, it all always comes down to awareness. and you know, like Adam said, particularly, you know, you've got to know where everything comes from. Um, mm. and that, you know, that comes to, um, that comes down to knowing your farmer and it, it's actually, um, the way we've developed over the last 50 years or, or longer, you know, when everything became industrialized, it it is just, Everything used to be bought in markets, right? Open market stores, local produce, um, and now everything is coming from all over the world. Um, mm-hmm. And the only way things can be transported from one part of the world to the other is, you know, you've got to put stuff inside it so it doesn't rot on the way there, and then freeze it. And it, there's just so many things going into this, which is why I always encourage people to shop mm-hmm. locally, um, mm-hmm. shop in your you know at your f- local farmers markets cuz they're these are still around um there's just unfortunately few of them um but but that's also in terms of the, the the packaging and and what it says on the package um i don't particularly like buying anything that's in that's been you know put inside a pa- plastic wrapping or package that i i think i've said this before that if it if it comes in a in a in a package of some sort, um, just don't buy it. <laughs> but you know, part of the problem, like I'm saying, is, is the price. Because even a lot of people are going, uh, you know, at least trying to eat eat better in terms of getting organic meat um, and getting grass-fed meat, even even if the packaging is sometimes you know not as true as we want. Um, but you know, the pricing is, is incredible. Um, the difference between buying organic and grass fed compared to, um, Mm -hmm. you know, just buying regular meat. It's just, Mm -hmm. I've always wondered why it's so hard to get to, um, you know, stuff that is to have access to stuff that is actually really good for you (laughs) versus, you know, all the junk food we eat all the time. And it's just, um Mm. it's such a shame because there's certain areas where you just don't have the right access and it's not necessarily your fault and even if you do have the access you don't always have the right information um which is just terrible i mean this this should this is information that everyone should have access to you know for free because it's you know it's about people's health um so yeah it's a it's a massive conversation and it's a, it's a huge issue. And it's, uh, it's such a big issue in a country like the U S where the meat consumption is just sky high compared to a lot of other places. I mean, you look at Asian countries where like particularly India, where there's a lot of vegetarians, right? Um, you know, the meat production here is just like you say, it's a huge corporation. (laughs) Um, Right. So, you know, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a very, very tricky conversation, but
3: mm. I
2: think it all, like we said in the beginning, it all comes down to awareness and actually doing some research. And you do have to spend some time doing it. But, you mm. know, it, it, your, is your health worth it? I guess that's the ultimate question. And I think, well, for me, certainly, and for for people I know and my clients and everything, you know, of course, health is your health personal health is worth it
3: mm-hmm. right
1: and, and you know more than, um I, I, like like you said it's a huge corporation and but with that said i mean where did it come from right it's it's because of the people's demand and i feel that mm-hmm. the people and the public need to i think be a little bit more aware about their own consumption and mm-hmm. how much they're actually contributing to this you know this problem and. Mm-hmm. This is, I think, the awareness that we're talking about here is also in the family's um, meals day to day. Do you need to be eating meat two, three times a day? Do you need to be eating meat every single day of the week? And no. So, I mean, like, in essence, a lot of people could essentially get the, the, the quality product if they were willing to switch up their diets mm-hmm. and incorporate different things other than just having meat all the time. Because I mean, even the recommendations for meat consumption, even say per plate is very small. I mean, it's three to four ounces, it's, you know, it's, it's really kind of like the condiment of the, of the plate. So that's, I think, another thing that we need to take responsibility for is the amount that we're consuming as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, but so here's the first thing that comes up for me, um, because, you know, everything has to come, it comes down to practicality. I, what the hell would I cook? What would I make? So I've been home now, uh, you know, close down the street from my mother for the last week. And I'm shocked at how much this woman cooks, like, (laughs) she cooks a full meal every single night. And I'm like, how are you doing that? Because I know how much time it takes to do that and how much careful planning and forethought and effort and energy and shopping. And it is like, you know, I am not, that is just not how I live, right? I'm a, I am a takeout person because I can be because I don't have the time not to be. So for me, it's like, all right, well, which menu out of the 7,000 restaurants, even with COVID, that I can possibly choose from? And so, okay, fine, maybe then, because I'm always ordering out, I can sort of select something that's more vegetarian in nature and still tastes good. But how the hell would I know what to cook if it's not sort of centered, if my meals aren't centered around meat? Because to me, raised in a household where meat was really the centerpiece and everything else is supporting that, what, how do you cook to make a meal actually taste good and be appetizing when it's not the centerpiece of the plate?
1: Yeah, no, it's a good point. I mean, well, then how, how do vegans do it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how do they do it? I mean, this has been going on for God knows how long. You know, it's like, um, yeah, because ask them. But I would say, like, if you're going to remove meat from the plate, say one night or, or you know, two, three days out of the week, you know, just incorporate more of what you would be putting on the sides. Mm. Um, and then, you know, there's always, there's always um, information online to kind of give you ideas of what to incorporate in lieu of meat you know i mean it, it's out there it, the, the information is out there it's, it's just really like like you're saying with with the way your mom cooks and stuff like that i mean i i immediately go to the thought that well that's her meditation practice i mean most people when they cook like that that's their that's the that's where they are the most happy internally i think because they're just consumed with like, you know, this loving sort of ritual. i making this and creating this for people that I love, you know. And so I think taking pride in that as well enhances what you're putting on your plate, <clears throat> because if you're really taking, all, you know, that, that heartfelt um, practice in your cooking, you're going to look for things that are going to make you happy when you put them in your mouth. You know, mm-hmm. so it's experimentation, it's exploration, and it's just the love for what you're doing.
0: Mm. So that's a really great point. I mean, two things you said that I want to focus in on. One is, you know, to start, just make the sides bigger, (laughs) right? Just make the accompaniment the centerpiece. Okay, that I can do. That's pretty easy for me to just, in my mind, to conceptualize. And then I guess to put more effort into making those things taste more appealing. Because if I'm, you know, like, let's say, like, last night I'm thinking we had crab cakes, and you know steamed carrots and i can't remember what the other thing was um but so i'm thinking okay the carrots probably could have been souped up a little bit and if they were souped up a little bit then that would have been could have been like a higher light on the plate kind of a thing
1: yeah and you know the other thing too i think that most people struggle with is that it's um when are you really planning your meals is it 10 minutes before you're about to cook <laughs> you know, and then you get to the the case of like, well, then screw this, whatever. All right, we'll just throw it together, and then you just eat, and you're like, ah, this sucks. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, you have to put some thought into it, and and you know, uh, that's your time. That's that's me time, you know. And you have to have to look at it in that light because that's going to change the way you're, you're approaching what you're making for yourself on a daily
2: basis.
0: Yeah, no, that's really true. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I guess you You also got to think about generationally it we, we're we all different now, right? Cause people who are parents, you know, they, they, they grow up. It's, it's a normal thing. They've grown up with probably farmers markets and, you know, cooking every single day because that's what you have to, we didn't have They didn't have access to 10,000 different restaurants or takeaway uh, places. Right. Um, so, so, there's that. so it's been you know it's part of it's part of their nature, and it, it's it's just what they do. It, they, they they've been doing it every single day you know for most of their life. so it's it's a habit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the the other thing, um, the good news about you know if you eat um, a lot of a great variety of different foods, almost all foods have some protein in them so you know if you if you're worried about not getting enough protein then you know if you if you do eat a a varied um, diet then you you do tend to get enough protein i mean a lot of plants have protein in them um beans and legumes and quinoa and all those types of grains and stuff do actually have uh, a lot of protein in them so um it, it might not be as exciting in the beginning as a big piece of steak or chicken or whatever but you know it's it's not it's not necessarily like you were saying it's not necessarily about replacing the meat but making the sides bigger making something else um the star of the dish um you know it is a good start and then if you if you do want to end up you know going budget vegetarian or vegan then that's a direction that you can take, but that's it's definitely not for everyone. And, and you don't have to be a hundred percent vegan or a hundred percent vegetarian to, um, to become healthy or, or anything like that. And ah, I, had a, I had, a I had another point and I, I just dropped it. Um, it'll come back, it'll come back,
3: mm-hmm. but, um, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, but, um, but what I wanted to say as well, it, it, I mentioned this before, um, you know, Asian food, they are used to be eating a lot of veggies. And it, 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 if you're looking for, um, inspiration, you know, to create uh vegetarian dishes, then Asia is just such a good place to look because they've been doing it for thousands of years. Um, the other thing about living in New York city, uh, or in the surrounding area, it's so easy now to find restaurants that do vegetarian. Almost all restaurants have vegetarian dishes or vegan dishes. So, um, but then, you know, you also want to make sure that it's not a processed kind of type of food that you get, but that's a whole other story that we talked about before as well
0: right, so a couple other things I mean I think these are all really helpful. We talked about cost uh, so the other variable of course is trying to keep costs manageable and um, trying to make things as easy as possible. so it is really bizarre to be in a place where there's no delivery at all so you cannot there's no delivery like My, where I'm living right now, there's not even mail. Like mail doesn't even come here. I have to have a PO box. (laughs) So it's such a small community. It like doesn't exist as far as the mail the post office is concerned. Um, And so you really can't. um, And I was talking to my friend who I'm renting the house from and, you know, he was kind of laughing at me a little bit because he's like, yeah, I mean, you you can go to some restaurants and pick stuff up. And I'm like, really? But then I might just go to the grocery store. (laughs) So it's really yes this idea that right people do that's part of their life part of their ritual is to cook every night and to think ahead about what they're going to what meals they're going to make for the week and to have all of the right spices and accompaniments already here so that brings me to sort of starches though because you know the easiest way then to i think you know make something taste good to have a full meal is to add a basic starch like mashed potatoes or rice or pastas. Cause that's what came to mind when I thought of, it. if I take the, the meat off the plate, then I'm probably dealing with a pasta dish or I'm probably dealing with a heavy, heavy starch centerpiece. So what can I do there to at least add more nutrition to that component of my plate or to substitute out the sort of basic, like meat and potatoes, and then maybe a small vegetable on the side kind of thinking.
3: Mm. Mm, yeah.
1: Well, obviously I would say, I mean, when you're going for those starches, you have to treat it like meat as well. I mean, that's gotta be the smaller portion on your plate. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, then it's just the same thing as just eating the, <laughs> the crap meat. I mean, when, <laughs> you know, you're just you're treating one evil for another. It's like, you know, it's, it's so silly. But yeah, like, you know, like Morton was saying before, too. I mean, like it's, it's, yeah, it's finding the combinations that actually uh, make like a, a good protein and like, you know, the profile of amino acids with like a combination of rice and beans, that's, that's your full protein right there. I mean, that's, that could be equivalent to eating your meat. Um, and then it's really about flavoring, you know, like Morton always says, herbs and spices, you know, grass fed butters, enhance the flavors. Don't be afraid of the fat either, especially if you're eliminating, like say, the fat from the meat.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's uh, mm. you
3: know,
1: enhancing the, the, the sides enhance and just lower down, you know, even with the starches, you know, you gotta be careful with that too, because you know, everybody has a different reaction to um
2: that sort of thing mhm mhm mm-hmm. yeah but and and also remember that you know when you're talking about pasta dishes or rice dishes or things like that i mean there's a difference between what you choose what pasta you choose um you know if you're worried about starches then definitely to you know always go for the whole grains um rather than white pasta and white rice and all that stuff and even sweet potatoes versus um you know, white potatoes, Um, but increasing your fiber intake will also help with that because that slows everything down when you're eating and it pushes everything through your gut a lot quicker. Um, So, um, you know, adding a lot of vegetables to your, if you're making a pasta dish without uh, meat, for example, you know, adding, you know, a bit extra broccoli or um, any sort of vegetable um, hmm. that you can put in there adds a lot of fiber to it and that slows down your digestion of it so your blood sugar doesn't rise as quickly. And if, you, if, if, if you're eating whole grain pastas and whole grain, uh, you know, anything whole grain, you want to eat whole grain. That's the that's the main point here. Um, hmm. is, um, that definitely helps. Um, and, and I think a lot of people often claim that whole grain doesn't taste as nice and that may well be true but then that's what what adam just mentioned you know herbs and spices and you know tomato sauce is is it's delicious um so you can add that to anything and it's it's kind of um you know it definitely helps so especially Mm -hmm. in pasta dishes
1: right
0: sorry go ahead adam i was just going to add
3: to
2: to morton's um
1: Stating there, it's, it's important to also know that, like, you know, we're also looking to uh, satiate, right? We don't want to eliminate something, add something on, and then have this, like, kind of fallout where we're hungrier sooner. And I just wanted to add a comment to, like, yeah, with, with adding on so many more greens and veggies and incorporating because of that fiber content. And adding in healthy fats like the olive oil, the coconut oil, I and mean, like whatever it may be, mm-hmm. um, that actually will create uh, more satiety.
3: Mm-hmm. Something to keep in mind.
0: This yeah. Well, that helps. Yeah. That helps because then, right, then I'm eating less, but what I'm eating is so much more fulfilling on every level. You know, it's fulfilling in terms of the nutrition and the nutrition, nutritional content. It's fulfilling in terms of how much I'm eating. I'm not doing that blood sugar spike that we talk all the time about, where I eat something and then I'm starving 20 minutes later, and I now I'm <clears throat> snacking on whatever I can find again. Um, so, but what I'm hearing is, and now as as we're talking, it's starting to like, oh, okay, wait. There's some things I can imagine when you said adding. Don't be afraid of fats that's where the light bulbs went off for me because of course fats taste good. Fats are amazing, right? Like fats are this great thing that if you say, okay, well, you maybe don't want to make meat the centerpiece, but you can add fats over here to whatever your, you know, whatever the highlights are going to be. That's a, to me, that's probably an easy way to make something taste really good and much better.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you ever ever just like um, do little uh, tastings of, of uh, extra virgin olive oil? It's it, in itself, it's so delicious. I know. You know, just even a little drop on your tongue, it, and what it can
2: add to your dishes, is just absolutely amazing.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
2: and when we're when we're talking about adding healthy fats, you know, a lot of people, mo- most of the time, you think oils and, and and stuff like that, and but you forget that um, uh, you know, avocado is a absolutely delicious uh, piece uh, you know delicious healthy fat that you can make into a well, obviously guacamole but you know if you make it into some sort of cream and coat whatever you're um, whatever you're eating if it's pasta and coated in that almost like a pesto it's absolutely gorgeous and then there's you know seeds any sort of seeds they're actually really uh, uh, super tasty and nuts and if you grind it down or even just toast them, the flavor comes out even more. And it's, it does actually make it a bit creamy. I mean, for vegans, they, you know, ground nuts actually is used as a cheese substitute. And it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. So, um, so don't forget, you know, seeds and nuts and and those types of things, Mm because you have other things other than oils. And you also want to be careful with the oils. Uh, I think we've mentioned this several times and Adam in particular, you know, you don't want you don't want to stock up on vegetable oils that's factory produced, and you know that produces all these chemicals and make you know oils can be pretty toxic, and you just want to avoid them. So extra anything extra virgin, uh, you know, olive oil, coconut oil, and expeller pressed, cold pressed, those types of oils. Um, yeah, so just you know, be careful what fats you kind of kind of use. Right, 100 percent more and you know even to add to the nuts
1: and seeds be careful with the roasted part too because when they're heated those oils then compromised. Mm. so if you can go like with a raw cashew or um you know almond whatever the whatever, nuts right
2: from. yeah and absolutely i i'm more thinking like i definitely wouldn't buy it roasted i would always roast it myself to it you know not too high temperature but mm-hmm. I guess yeah that's absolutely right
0: hmm so one other thing I wanted to bring up here is meat alternatives so if you go into like the vegan frozen section of the supermarkets now which most supermarkets have some form of even if it's just small then we start to get into things like tofu and tempeh and other meat alternatives like veggie burgers that are frozen And I'm wondering there, I'm sure not all of those things are treated equal. And I'm wondering there, what do I move towards as an alternative, if maybe I do want a burger, but I want a veggie burger, as opposed to, and what do I stay away from? And how do I know the difference?
1: Um, I would right off the bat say, make it yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like those things are, I mean, even worse. I mean, it's so processed. I mean, overly processed. I know so many people that, that consume that food and they don't understand why they're chronically inflamed or they have joint issues. And so, I mean, it's in a box, it's in a freezer, in a box, like made probably three years ago and you know, it's still good. Um, the soy part, like the tofu and stuff. I, I, I mean, for me, uh, moderation, I guess, uh, overconsumption of that too. Um, I know that, that that affects men and their hormones and estrogen, and you know that's, that's where the man boobs come in. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> uh, for me, my personal taste is yeah, I would. Uh, you know, we've made our families made veggie burgers on our own, and you know, you can find recipes, and I think that's just a safer way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I mean, I think vegans are just like the rest of us. You know, you want something quick, you want something easy, so you know, pop it in the oven for 15 minutes, and you got yourself this this thing
0: mm-hmm so there's a lot of controversy about soy too where you know they're saying now choose almond milk over soy milk why what is the problem there
1: well soy is a monocrop you know so it's actually affecting our soil and when it's grown you can't replant any other plants or, or forage there so that's it the corn and the soy are depleting our soil, and I think there was an estimate from um, I forget what research team, but we have about 60 harvests left of our soil. 60 harvests that's like 60 years, and we're, we're, all our soil will be depleted if we keep going the route we're going with, with that. So, I mean, the, the nutritional contents of soy that's uh, not even like a concern for me, it's more about what it's doing to our soil.
0: Hmm When you say depleting, can you explain that? Oh, just
1: it, it strips the, the the nutrients right out of the soil. And in order to have a proper soil, too, you need not just one crop. You need multiple um, plants uh, to you know to uh, uh, what's the word I want to use to fertilize.
0: I think. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Thank you. Um, th- that soil. So when you just have that one cro- uh, crop, it's just completely sucking out everything, all the life out of that soil. So,
0: Mm. and you say corn does that too?
1: Yeah, they're both monocrops. Interesting. Nothing else grows around those corn fields and and soy fields.
0: And I see corn fields all over the place.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's (laughs) scary.
0: Okay, good information. So with the soy, it's more about what it's doing to the environment and less maybe about the impact it's having on us.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, soy, even fermented soybeans, I mean, those, those are actually very good for you. And I mean, but again, like moderation, you have to really understand how it's affecting the body um, mm.
0: and
2: hormonally, you know.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Warren, did you want to add to that?
2: Yes. Um, I think, again, we. I think I've said this before in terms of uh veganism and vegetarianism it it, it's it doesn't necessarily make you healthy a lot of people think okay vegan you know i want to go vegan i want to go vegetarian because it's going to make me healthy but you've got to be careful because it's like adam just said it it's so processed a lot of it you know you, you try and um you try and replicate a steak you know a burger and what you're doing is you're extracting the protein part out of plants and then putting it together. We, we bought a ve- vegetable burger recently and I looked at the back of the packet and I was like, whoa, 15 to 20 different types of ingredients. And they were all extracts from something rather than the actual you know, vegetable uh, put into a burger. So I totally agree. I, the first thing that came to mind was um, mm-hmm. definitely make it yourself. don't don't buy that stuff and you can easily make something that's you know a vegetarian burger that's absolutely delicious like i normally just you know boil some quinoa put some beans in there and, and and some type of grated veg or something and put it together and that's it you have a burger it's pretty it doesn't have to be more complicated than that but if you find something with 15 20 ingredients that aren't even you know natural the thing about extracting anything from a plant and then concentrating it, it, it's your, your body doesn't absorb it. It doesn't, there's multiple studies that, that show that you're not, um, you know, your body just doesn't, it's not as effective as getting it from the real thing. And that's just, you know, it kind of makes sense when you think about it because otherwise nature wouldn't have, you know, put it together in, in a package like, like, like it has so you know your, your body is designed to extract what it needs from whatever you put in your put it you know feed it so mm. um so eating <laughs> one natural um things rather than all these processed um mm. products is just it's just so much better for you
3: mm-hmm. yeah that's so- a
1: great point martin because i mean when you think about it if it's all extracts right you're completely destroying the full profile of all those phytonutrients that you would normally get from the vegetable mm-hmm. and i mean like if you're depleting the ingredients in your in what you're consuming well then i mean this is why we see a spike in so many deficiencies in the in the body mm-hmm. because we're going to these fast food choices that are just completely stripping us like we spoke last week how mm-hmm. you know um these over highly processed foods are actually stripping our nutrients and vitamins from our bones so uh, you know this is something to really, really
0: think about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the situation, I'm just listening to you guys and in this very short conversation, realizing that we are just, we are bombarded with really bad information and, and, and in really all over the, from every different possible way that we could be, we're really just presented with, these options in grocery stores that are very misleading, and then to go to like the you know uh, whole or natural food alternative grocery store, we're still being misled there. We're still not being given the whole picture, and you know you have to basically go to nutrition school to find out really the truth about this stuff, or be so interested that you spend lots of time really researching and and looking and looking in, because I'm around you guys a lot. So I have access to that information without having to spend a ton of time seeking it out on my own. But again, outside of this, I'm fat and I'm skinny and what's gonna make me fat and what's gonna make me skinny thing that we all have been constantly exposed to from the beginning of time. You know, it's really hard to know how to get the right information. And it's just really sad and tragic. And then, and then to go to those alternative markets where you think that it's just gonna kind of, you know, inherently be healthier, it is expensive and it's more expensive. And so it's really, you know, one thing that comes to mind, right, for example, is milk. So I'm listening, we're talking about meats. So we didn't really talk about dairy, but we're still talking about really the same animals. And so Mm -hmm. when I grab a gallon of milk from the grocery store, the regular whole milk, where is that coming from? And is that the same kind of situation?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And when you think about it, I mean, like, they're overproducing the milk, too, in the cows. They're forcing it. And so this is where antibiotics come in and all these other little medications and treatments for that. And that's going directly into that that liquid and I mean, we're, we're putting that in our bodies too it's no different than the factory farming meat that we we consume as well and you know i mean with milk um if you can get if you can do like a raw like goat milk or something like that that's that's definitely more um i, I forget the profile of it but it has more uh, it's closer to the human biome so we actually would tolerate that way better than, than regular cow's milk uh, the other thing is you know at, at a certain age, adults really don't need that because it does a reverse effect with the calcium. It actually starts to strip it from our bones. It's good for kids that are growing, but you know when when, when our bones stop growing, we don't need that um, additional uh, intake. Hmm. So
0: hmm. So this idea that like drinking milk will prevent things like osteoporosis is not true.
1: No, it would actually, yeah, I mean, uh, it would enhance it, especially, you know, as you get older and you're consuming that milk. Hmm.
0: You know,
1: it's definitely better to go with the broth.
0: Mm-hmm. And can you even buy that at the grocery store or, or do I have to go somewhere? Like, in- uh,
1: well, I've seen it. Um, at Trader Joe's, I think I've seen it there. Uh, I, I didn't really look at the label. I don't, really, I don't consume milk at all. But... Uh, hmm. Yeah, I mean, there are there are places that that you can order it from.
3: You can get mm-hmm. it you know,
1: mm-hmm. actually made. Um, yeah, be careful. You know, the supermarkets again—they're going to get the products that you know kind of easily made, and they're going to be enhanced in some way. Some you know mm-hmm. just for preservation. You know, just to stay on the shelf a little bit longer. So it's mm-hmm. always something that you got to think about when you go into the supermarket. You know, majority of those products have something in it to keep it on the shelf longer than
2: it mm-hmm. should be. Mm -hmm. again it comes it comes down to labeling right a lot of these a lot of these um, products will say health food or you know this is good for you or calcium is high and bone health and all that kind of stuff and it just it it, it's not giving you the full picture it doesn't really necessarily tell you the truth what they're doing is trying to sell a product Mm -hmm. um and whoever makes it doesn't necessarily know what it does to your body or at least they're you know they just want to sell their products um i'm with adam though I don't, I don't really consume milk um because look you know, you were talking about calcium and and bone health and stuff and you know there are other places to get your calcium um mm-hmm. you don't have to get it from uh milk um you know, a lot of green veggies have it. I mean, where do you think the cows get it from? The, the Calcium is a mineral that exists in the ground. Um, so, and they eat a lot of grass, hopefully. <laughs> and, uh, mm. and, you know, if you eat a lot of green veggies or, and that kind of stuff, you, you, you tend to get a bit more calcium there as well. So mm. rather than substituting, you know, with, with uh, vitamins and minerals mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff.
0: So, I mean, the truth is at the end of the day, the ideal diet for nutrition, optimal nutrition includes a tremendous amount of vegetables, (laughs) Um, (laughs) not overcooked, but, you know, like either raw or relatively mildly cooked vegetables and period. I mean, that's really what we're saying. Yeah.
1: Um, You know, Yeah. I, I would also just take in, um, consideration of seasonal eating as well. Um, look at, you know, you can look this up too, like summer times. What's, what's available in your area that you can you can buy and consume that are, you know, actually natural whole foods? And you know your body may adapt to that way better than just like, you know, say like we we're eating what we would normally eat in the winter and the summertime. You know, when, are we doing any, are we doing damage to our bodies or are we helping it in any So seasonal eating, I think, is is very important. So it doesn't necessarily, like your vegetables are going to change, fruits are going to change, all that. And I think giving yourself that wide variety of, of, you know, the plate is super important. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. Well, it would make sense to me that the seasons, whatever grows during a certain season is what the body's supposed to have during that season. I mean, that would make obvious, that'd be obvious to me.
2: Right, right. And it just tastes better i mean you know if you buy something or if you pick something off a tree it's so much nicer than if it's been off a tree for the what three or four months and you know covered in in whatever pesticides or whatever to keep it going for that long um but you're right i mean too early yeah yeah right and um so yes I mean, the vast majority of people don't eat enough veggies. That's it's as simple as that, and and it's. But you know, it it again, it comes back to the the fact that we that we want something quick and and easy and already prepared, and you know that's. It it it, it it's difficult to change that kind of mentality and, and because we're also busy all the time. So it does come down to how much time we put into actually making an effort. Um, and I guess it also comes down to how much we value our health. Mm-hmm. Um, there were so many, <laughs> there were so many uh, difficult things to, to tackle here, but you know, mm-hmm. definitely um, you're right. We got to eat a lot of vegetables and, Eat the rainbow, and like I always say, and
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah, just add more plants to your diet. Mm-hmm.
1: Another big factor, like you said earlier, Morton, is like you know the generations before us had that ritual of communal eating, mm-hmm. sitting down, cooking, making these big elaborate meals, and uh, enjoying each other's company. And yeah, I, I think mm-hmm. that's a, a big component to this as well that we've lost that uh, part of us. Uh, well, not all of us. I mean, I know a lot of people that still do that, but I think the majority have just like lost that sense of getting together and having this kind of unity around food and I mean that in itself uh enhances the flavors and the taste so much more you know
3: I mean, yeah
1: so like yeah I mean like a lot of this discussion too it sounds like you know there's a lot of single eating like you know like we're, mm. what can I make for myself what can I make for myself and that changes I think the whole um the whole profile of, of what eating
2: is what cooking is and, mm-hmm.
1: and what that really is meant to be well,
3: mm-hmm.
2: that's a really good point adam because uh, you know if you go to the supermarket it's really difficult to find anything that's small enough for one person uh without it being in in a packet for one that's mass produced it, mm-hmm. it's just it's almost impossible these days and, and that makes it really tricky as well if mm-hmm. you're you know if you're single
0: Mm. Well, and I'm thinking family sizes have gotten smaller too, you know, 50 years ago, you were more likely to have three children, even two children, whereas now you might have one or you might've had five kids, whereas now you have three. So you have uh, a lot, you know, the, the whole family system has changed as well. You have two working parents instead of maybe one working parent, all of that. And so, yeah, I mean, you don't have as many moms at home, you know, taking care of the house and cooking all day. And so it is a lot harder to, you know, to maintain that routine or that ritual around food because there's only so many hours in a day. And, you know, if mom's working until six o'clock at night, which is pretty common, then to have to come home and prepare something quickly enough that is also you know, nutritious and thinking about all this stuff, I imagine it's possible, but it takes time and you really have to, like you were saying, you can't expect to figure that out in 20 minutes, you know, right before you're all starving and ready to eat. It's something you really have to carefully plan and think through and maybe shop for the week and prepare certain things ahead of time and, you know, really try to think, all right, how are we going to do this uh, in a way that is doable for, so that it, Maybe it doesn't have to be one or the other. I imagine there's a way where with enough planning, you could have both. You could have, you know, something that doesn't take forever and maybe there's some preparation that has gone on beforehand, like right. I know some people have food prep days like on Sunday afternoons or whatever. And right or or looking for recipes like Adam, you always say in the summertime, you know, take advantage of your salads, take advantage of chopping up some vegetables, throw them on a, you know, throw them in a on a salad, that kind of thing, Um, because that is quick and that is easy or like a stir fry that is quick, that is easy, but it's also healthy. So there are ways to do it. If you have, I think, the right ingredients ahead of time, and you've done just a little bit of careful forethought.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And it, yeah, I mean, it, it is it is a challenge, because if people aren't used to going through that process, and it's it's scary, it's daunting, it's, it's not something that you, you feel like it's a job. And it's, it, you know, that's where you have to flip that sort of like mentality is that, you know, you have to start to take more enjoyment in, in it. Uh, in order for it to really flow naturally. I mean, we have it in us to to do this, you know, it's just letting it out, let it out of the cage.
0: And one thing I noticed, Adam, because now I'm in this house in this in the country all of a sudden. And I've also noticed that space is a an important dynamic because in the city we have these smaller spaces and You know in my small cramped apartment where we're trying to fit you know like the living room is also the dining room which is also like the the office when you have these spaces that are multiple that serve multiple roles it's also harder because like in my house my kitchen is completely separate from my living room where my daughter might be or her bedroom so if i'm in the kitchen i'm away from her And it's also small, so it's not like she can be in there with me doing whatever she's doing. It's kind of dangerous to have her in that space hanging out with me. And so we're separated. So if I actually am cooking, I'm away from her. So I'm away from her all day. She's at school, then she's wherever, then I'm at work normally in a normal world. And then I'm away from her again for an hour to cook. So that's
1: a great point, absolutely 100%. You know, spaces I, I didn't even think about that until you said that. Yeah, that is huge, absolutely. Huge. huge, yeah.
0: Because yeah. now I'm in this kitchen that's open to the living room, right? I mean, you don't know if you can see the layout, but you know, so it's an open area, and then the kitchen is here, and so it would be easy for me to spend some time cooking here while she's mm-hmm. in here because then we're together still, and I could do that for an hour and we're still together, yeah that's a really, I hadn't really thought about it either until right now, but I think that's another, probably another pretty significant variable that um, would affect whether or not I would want to be in the kitchen away for an hour cooking or whatever. Yeah.
1: Right. Yep. I mean, yeah, the, the enjoyment of cooking is being with company and that's the whole, that's that's the key. I think that's the the secret ingredient in, in, when you go into the kitchen. Yeah. The soul of cooking. Yeah. If you enjoy it, great, but it doesn't always necessarily come out, you know, way it would if you were with somebody else. Yeah. yeah. Well, right.
0: and also my entire life, you guys, my entire life, we would always hang out in the kitchen and nobody ever really understood yeah. why, but if you like, <laughs> cause I, you know, always grew up around a lot of friends and everybody was always together and we would always end up not in the living room, not in the bedroom, but hanging out in the kitchen and so it's also it is it's very much can be a social area but if you don't have space for that then it's really just a you know a place to go to get food and leave
2: yeah it's totally right it's i i it's the same thing for me everywhere um whenever we hang out with friends or family we always end up in the kitchen and that's just the way it is and yeah if you do have a tiny space or tiny kitchen that's separate from everywhere else then it's it, it doesn't happen that way Um, I think, uh, fortunately, it that's reflected in modern buildings, you know, newer buildings being built, it's an, it's definitely open space kitchen, lounge area type places. And if you're outside of the city, uh, newer houses, that's, that's the way kitchens and, and those areas are built. But, you know, we still have a lot of older buildings and that's that's not how it, it's interesting because it's not how it was built in the past and that's what that was but people did spend a lot of time in the kitchen so that, so that's actually quite interesting why it was done that way
0: yeah it is interesting hmm wow so mm-hmm. a lot of really good points you guys unfortunately we're out of time but this is such a huge discussion obviously and <laughs> pieces to it but I think for anybody listening this is like just a helpful beginning way to start to think through how I might be able to pull all this off and start to think about increasing the nutritional value of my meals, but also not make it as difficult as possible and impossible to, to do. So I so appreciate this conversation and I'm sure we will continue to move in this direction as we, as we continue weekly. So thank you so much for being here to talk about it and um, we'll see you next week to continue the discussion. Have a beautiful rest of your day, gentlemen, and um, be safe and be sane in all of this crazy.